welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. You know, we have not been quiet about the state of financial services, especially with diversity and inclusion, or really anything but old white guys being on stage and being in the marketplace. And so in our travels, uh, we get to meet some really cool people. And I've got a really cool person on the guest today. So she's a co-founder of something called Choir, which we're going to dive into a little bit. Liv, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So before we get into choir specifically, could you give us a little bit of a backstory about you and kind of how you got to right before choir was organized? Yeah, totally. So um, my name is Liv Gagnon. I, uh, my career background has been spent entirely in PR and media relations. So um, started down in Nashville working at a generalist PR agency and quickly found myself in New York City working in financial services PR. So um, my, you know, that sweet spot of trying to figure out what I was interested in within finance, um, what stories I really wanted to tell. Um, and a few years ago, the the question of like, what is the purpose of this? What am I doing? Kind of came up and um, I decided to leave the agency world and start my own company called Portaga. Um, so I've been working with mostly startups that have um, impact driven, mission driven values um, kind of launch into the public eye. So working on brand messaging, um, helping them, you know, with PR consulting and marketing to kind of just reach the audiences that they're they're focused on. So anyone from financial advisors to fintech companies to social justice investment platforms. Um, and that's really where I, you know, it was 2020, um, a traumatic time for everyone in so many different ways. And, you know, with around the time of the murder of George Floyd, the media was you know, asking, I want to speak to black advisors, I want to speak to black business owners. And um, then, you know, with the Asian hate crimes, and so much stuff that was happening, um, I was getting just so many requests. And, you know, I'm like, we can't wait for these terrible things to happen before reporters and people are um, wanting to talk to more representative sources, right? And I um, I was just tired of hearing, you know, in normal times that, oh, we just can't find anyone. So that's kind of what led um, us to the idea for choir. I reached out to Sonia Dreisler and I was like, here's an idea. What do you think? If you think it's good, then it must be good. And she was like, I'm in. I want to be part of it. So that's where we are today. 
Ah, she's been on the cutting edge of stuff for, for so, so many years. Oh, what a, what a magnificent uh, co-founder and partner you have in her. All right. So what is choir? So you just set the stage there. I think people might know where we're going, but let's, let's kind of put an exclamation point on the end here. What is choir for? Who is it for? And what is its major intention? Yeah, so choir, um, I'll start with our intention. We are, you know, we've been listening to one type of voice forever in financial services, uh, mostly white men. And we've ignored so many brilliant women and people of color along the way. Um, and so our goal is to lift the voices of women, non-binary people, and people of color across the media and across stages in all areas of finance. And so we are um, a diversity tech platform and a conference certification for diversity. And right now we're working just in the financial space of, um, and we work with Primarily, we have three different pieces. So number one is the conference certification. We work with conferences to actually, um, we've built an algorithm to measure how representative their stages are compared to the U.S. population. And we've been able to quantify that. Um, and if they reach a certain level, they get the choir certification and there's consulting involved as well. Um, and then the second piece is, well, how do they connect with more sources? So that's our Acquire Voices platform. And that's a platform that connects our voices, who are the women, people of color in our industry, with media and conference organizers. And then lastly, our Acquire Pledge, which um, I'm sure we'll get into, but that's really a, a spot for our amazing male allies uh, to come in and really put their money and their voice where their support has been verbally for the last few years. Well, I'm going to break that down just, just a smidge more. So um, something that has happened in our industry live for quite a while is this pay for play sort of thing, right? Uh, so I'm assuming that being choir certified or actually, you know, being approved or however, I'm sorry, I forgot what, what, how, how did you, but that's that's not how this game works correct correct so yeah i mean that's been a huge issue we see you know diversity awards and all these things that are usually being judged by a judging panel of white dudes and um we did not want to create yet another pay for play we really wanted every piece of choir to have an actionable purpose. So what we do is we actually work with conferences. We score their most recent event. Uh, we put every single speaker into this algorithm and we have seven different visibility factors for how not just representative, but how visible each speaker is because, you know, we've all been to conferences where, um, you know, a DEI session was like pushed to the Magnolia room on the third floor that no one goes to um, or, you know, brilliant black women who are CEOs and presidents are asked just to speak about diversity. And so the score really looks at all of those things. And if conferences pay to get certified and don't meet that minimum 60, 
they still, um, they still get the support and the help. We're not, you know, it's impossible to pay for a higher score. And that's really important to us because our industry hasn't, you know, really hasn't um, defined what diversity and representation means. And so we wanted to do that in a meaningful way. I'm going to ask you the, a question I, I personally feel I know the answer to, but some of our listeners might not. Um, why? Why is this so important? How? Let's, let's get wicked selfish here. So why does having a more representative of the general population person on the panel presenting, speaking, being in the media, why does that matter to me and my practice and my business? Yeah, that is a great question. And um, I often feel that folks ask that question. Um, if they're asking that question, that means that maybe they aren't surrounding themselves with diverse perspectives because um, when you do, you see those, you see it. And you know, I'll start with why from a business perspective, um, you know, having different perspectives opens doors to new communities, to new markets for you to, you know, reach um, with your firm. It opens, um, it actually is a form of risk management for firms to have people with different perspectives having eyes on things to see, is this tone deaf? Is this relevant? Is this accessible? Um, those are all things that are so important to a business. And when we look at conferences and media, you know, some ask like, oh, why such a specific small thing? Why aren't you tackling, you know, boardrooms across America? And you know, media and conferences are really the gateway into who we see as leaders in our industry. It's the gateway into who college kids see when they're considering their major and they search financial advisor online. Um, it's, you know, because, you know, we often talk about this pipeline problem, but we're seeing women and people of color enter the industry uh, about their representation in the population. So the pipeline problem is actually a, I am ignored, not represented, not listened to once I reach, you know, past entry level. So I'm going to leave this industry problem. So having um, representation on stages not only helps those who are underrepresented really see themselves, but it helps really um, the white men and the people who haven't surrounded themselves with diversity, um, it helps them see new people as well. And they need to see them as leaders in order to um, give them those opportunities in the firm as well. When I hung my own shingle live, um, I lived in a vacuum, right? Uh, I, I, I was the ultimate decision maker. I, my wife was my only team member. I brought in another coach who looked just like me. And you, when you live in that bubble, you really don't, a lot of times you just don't realize it. And then when we created what was then Top Advisor Marketing, which is now Proudmouth, and we had a diversity and inclusion initiative. I mean, that it wasn't an initiative. It's a foundation of who we are as an organization. Oh my God. 
I didn't know anything about anything. I mean, I just like the the ideas, the opinions, the energy, the the how much more our our minds are open to things that we never would have thought of when we live in that bubble live. So many advisors live in that bubble. I'm so glad that you're going to try to help to pop that bubble. Yeah. How, you know, how could you have those perspectives? It's, it's, I think we, um, for people to admit that they live in a bubble or admit that maybe they don't have the necessary perspectives. Um, it seems like a negative thing, like they did something wrong, but there's no way you can, you know, have new perspectives and have that insight um, without intentionally doing that work. And so, of course, people have homogenous networks. That's natural. You know, we stick to our alumni groups from college. We stick to the golf course buddies and their sons and their sons. And, um, you know, if we start with a firm of all white people, then it's likely that their networks are predominantly white. And so um, it does take intention. And we are always so adamant of letting people know we are not calling anyone out. We're calling people in um, to really help them see what they clearly can't see. Um, I can't see, you know, I don't walk into a room of all white people and feel uncomfortable. So why would that be something that would um, be a flag of, you know, this is bad. Um, so we just need that perspective to help us grow and help us just learn to listen. And maybe I'm weird. I mean, I know I'm weird, but I love being uncomfortable. I love this. And, and again, this isn't, I'm saying that for a very specific reason, which is to, to speak to other people who look like me, the world is so much better when you surround yourself with people who aren't like you. Just everything changes. And I can't stress that enough. It is such a, it's like, it's, it's just like this, the, the, the world just opens up. You get to learn things that you never would have learned before. You get to be corrected. Man, Liv, I can't tell you. There are so many things that I have said in my life uh, that I just thought were fine, right? Because I never tested them against anybody who didn't look like me. And oh my goodness gracious, I just don't, I just feel, I just feel more connected to the world. I don't feel so ostracized. I don't feel so out of the, I just don't feel so out of it. I actually feel like I can participate more fully in the world. Absolutely. And I think that, um, the key is not being afraid to put that foot in, not being afraid to mess up. Um, so many people want to expand their world and are scared that if they start doing so, that they, you know, will mess up and be called out publicly and you know, I feel that way sometimes. I'm, you know, I'm doing this work. I'm, you know, I co-own this company and I have now like people are synonymizing my name with DEI initiatives. And that's, it's scary because I'm like, I have definitely do not have all the answers at all. I have one perspective as a white woman um, who candidly, you know, 
I've benefited as a white woman from most of DEI efforts until now, um, because I think our industry doesn't think outside of white women all the time. Um, but you have to just jump in. And if, you know, if we're scared to diversify our world and have those perspectives, then, um, you know, we're just going to stay behind and you know, it's not a coincidence that finance gets a bad rap, especially with marketing and things like that for being boring and stodgy and not creative. And it's because you can't really benchmark yourself or challenge yourself against yourself in an echo chamber. And, um, you know, we're never going to grow unless we bring the real world into our industry. And that's really what we're trying to do. Why do you think there's so much resistance? Often when we hear about often when we hear resistance, it's coded in the excuse of well, you know, it's the best people get picked for things. It's a meritocracy, right? And the reality is for there to be a meritocracy and Tyrone Ross um, is the one who first said this, and I always repeat it, for there to be a meritocracy, there has to be an opportunity for everyone to show their merit. And what I often question is if folks are so resistant to having new perspectives, new people, what are they so scared of? If they really have, you know, the merit. Um, and I know that's a that's a pretty significant statement and question, but I want to ask, and it's, it's a question for people to think about, like, what am I scared of? And what is the worst thing that can happen if, you know, we listen and listen to listen and not listen to respond? Um, there are really only positives that can come from bringing more people into the fold and giving more people those opportunities. And it's not, again, to reiterate, it's not just a good, feel-good thing to do. It's good for business. And it's good for everyone's bottom line. How long do you think it's going to take for mass adoption of something like this choir certification for conferences to look more representative? You know, Sonia Dreisler, my business partner, and I always joke, like, you know, if we could put ourselves out of business, that would be fine. <laughs> We're totally cool with that. Um, we know that that might take a while. Um, I don't have a clear answer for that, but I have an anecdote or just general anecdotes of, you know, we launched this company in January. We worked um, about a year behind the scenes, only meeting each other like once or twice in person. Um, and we didn't know how it was going to be received. And when we finally launched in January, when we finally put words to maybe how a lot of people were feeling, uh, when we started just so blatantly saying, oh, your excuse, here's a solution. Oh, your excuse, here's a solution. Um, we started getting calls from conference organizers like, you know, people are saying they're not going to attend our event now. And what do we do about it? And 
we've had calls from people on the inside at companies that are planning conferences that are like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. Our conference organizers are specifically trying to make sure there's no mantles. Like this is, it, it has been wild to see and to hear the amount of times that people have reached out and been like, yeah, my company, my whole like executive team was talking about choir and what we are going to do about it because it's forcing us to almost uh, do something. And that's amazing to have conversations happening that weren't happening last year is so um, it just gives me so much optimism. And I think that if we keep just putting our feet to the fire as an industry and holding ourselves accountable, I think we can see changes happen fast. And um, the last thing I'll say on that is, you know, that's another reason that we focus on conferences and media because they start over every year. They start over every time a journalist writes a story, right? And that's the quickest way that you can, you can take a conference that has zero representation of people of color and you can be intentional and have it look like the U.S. population within a year. And so, you know, it can be done. If we have listeners, which which I think we actually have a pretty diverse group of listeners here uh, for our show here, if they want to get involved, to have the opportunity to be highlighted and to be on stage, to be featured more in the media, what what do they do? How, how do they get involved with choir? So that's what is really exciting. That's our voices platform and was actually um, when I made that call to Sonia that day, that was the idea was, oh, wouldn't it be great if a journalist just searched, you know, advisor who can speak about ETFs and ESG and but they have to have their CFP and the only people that came up were women and people of color. And that's what we've created. Um, so we have our voices platform is launching in the next couple of months. Um, we've already the back end is already built. And so what we've done is we've asked folks who are women, non-binary or people of color, both men and women of color um, to go to choir.com slash voices. That's where um, they can answer a questionnaire that takes about 10 minutes and um, takes down their information on, you know, what do they like to talk about? Are they comfortable on podcasts or maybe just moderating? Or maybe they just want to write, respond to a journalist for now. Um, And they can upload videos of them speaking. They can upload, you know, so many important things that conference organizers and journalists ask for. And what we've done is we have almost a couple hundred people who've already signed up and we haven't barely even marketed it yet. And it's not live. We've already been connecting conference organizers and journalists with sources, which has just been so fun. People are like, do you know anyone? We're like, here's 15 (laughs) in like five minutes. Um, And so if you are interested, you know, and we say expert, we mean any level of that. Um, I know people who have been underrepresented for so long can sometimes struggle calling themselves an expert. And um, we want anyone who would like to um, have, you know, media opportunities or speaking opportunities to go on and we can add them to the platform. And then um, once it's live, we'll email everyone and 
um, the cost for the platform, we want it to be really, really accessible. Um, you know, we're not trying to add another burden to people who've already had, you know, less opportunity. First off, I, that doesn't surprise me. The the numbers, just because one, you guys are like wicked connected, right? And everybody knows who you guys are, uh, which is fantastic. But, but you just touched on something that I guess I really didn't think a lot about, uh, which is this kind of an idea of imposter syndrome. Like why, why would they want me, uh, to, to be up? And when you are part of, you know, an underrepresented community, it's very easy from, from not being that in that situation, but from people I know that that is a pretty common, um, concern. How, how are you guys addressing that? I mean, you just kind of talked about it. Can you dive into that a little bit more deeply, please? Absolutely. So I think it's twofold. Number one is um, women, especially women of color, um, I would say especially black women are held to such higher standards in our society and scrutinized so much more easily than white men. Um, and I ask if you are a white man listening, you know, that might sound like, well, that's not true. But I ask you to listen to the perspectives of, of those folks, because that is such a common response. And um, what happens is that paired with, well, I've been told I'm not good enough, or I've been overlooked for these opportunities, or I have never been asked, so I must not be good enough. Those are so internalized for women and non-binary folks and people of color. And so it adds to, you know, when a journalist reaches out and says to a PR team, hey, do you have any clients to speak on this? That's another layer that adds to the reason why there are not more representative people and groups that come forward. Um, and so the platform is meant to number one, show everyone that they are experts in their own right. Just being you as an individual is something literally no one else in the world has expertise in. And um, also we're providing, so my background in PR and media and Sonia's background as a speaker, um, part of our platform is actually um, providing resources and training for folks who, um, from the lens of people who've uh, both had opportunities because we are white women, um, but and have also been overlooked because we are women. And so we're providing that insight and we're going to have some guest coaches from all around the industry um, who also have that lens and perspective. And we're really excited about it. Well, my, fa my favorite question to ask um, is what, what should I have asked you that I didn't? How you can use your platform to help. Having this conversation, um, Matt, is so so helpful and I appreciate giving a platform to these conversations because they're not easy to have and they're definitely not easy to listen to always. Um, and so thank you, first of all. And um, we also, you know, as we were building choir, we had that question from some folks who were, um, you know, filling in what we were doing and often white men saying, well, how can I help? 
And so we launched uh, the choir pledge on the day that the company launched. And what it is, it's um, choir.com slash pledge. It's a place where um, it's four criteria. It's number one, that a conference has um, no all white man panels. Um, number two is that women of color are represented across the entire agenda, not just on DEI panels. Um, number three is that all, um, if you have three or more keynotes, one of them has to be a woman or a person of color. And lastly, the conference has to have um, an enforced anti-harassment policy. These are not very high bars, but it is a place to start. And um, so what we've done is with this pledge, we've asked speakers, attendees, and or sponsor companies to sign. And um, we have all of the names. We have hundreds of people who've signed already. Um, and we have resources. So they can email conferences back with templated language that says, I'd love to speak. However, I've agreed to this. Can you fulfill this? Or we've even had legal language drafted to plop into a contract um, for speakers who are concerned about, you know, well, what if I take this pledge and then the, the conference doesn't meet those standards? Do I still get paid? Um, when I tell you we've thought of everything, uh, I can promise, and not just us, but the hundreds of people that we've talked to. And um, that is what you can do. And anyone listening who's like, you know, I'm a white man, I want to help and show my support. We would so greatly appreciate that. Well, I'm sure you remember it was uh, late in the evening at the Jolt conference when I uh, yes. added with you outside where for some reason there was like disco lighting, which I don't think you really figured that out. Um, and that was my first question to, to both you and Sonia was, I just, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. We're trying, uh, you know, it's just, we want to do more. And so uh, we are absolutely going to take that pledge. It's not just an organization, me as a speaker. I actually looked at that beforehand um, in, in preparation for the show today. I, we had talked about that when we were at the conference, but um, if somebody wants, so so going to, to choir.com, uh, is there any other way that people can communicate with you or their social media platforms you're more uh, accessible to? Uh, and really, what should people do if they want to get involved? Yeah, of course. So um, hellochoir.com is our website. And it's pretty easy to remember. If you want it, if you want the pledge, it's hellochoir.com slash pledge. Voices is hellochoir.com slash voices. And um, the certification is hellochoir.com slash certified. Um so it's all right there. Uh, Sonia and I's contact information is there as well. On social media, Instagram and Twitter, we're at Hello Choir. I'm at Liv Gagnon on Twitter. Uh, Sonia's at Sonia Dreisler. So all pretty straightforward handles. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, we also have monthly ask us anything meetings that we'll promote on our Twitter profile. And it's just um, an hour where anyone who wants to show up can come and chat with us about anything, really. Some people come and chat about imposter syndrome. Some people want to know how they can get their conference certified. So that's always open. And um, we'll promote those on our LinkedIn and Twitter. 
Well, Liv, thank you for everything that you and Sonia are doing. Thank you for choir. Uh, thank you for being the voice uh, that needs to be out there. And also, very selfishly, thank you for helping this old white guy uh, to feel like he's actually trying to make a difference by utilizing your platform, using the knowledge that you guys are providing. Uh, and for those of you who realize uh, that the world has changed and our industry has not changed with it, please make sure that you're following both Liv and Sonia. Um, there are a lot of people who are talking about this now. This isn't going away. It's only getting stronger and louder. Uh, you better get on this train. If not, you are absolutely going to be left behind. And to be brutally honest, it's not going to be pretty for you. So Liv, thank you for your brain. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, we'll make sure that we have all of those links in our show notes as we always do. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do. And finally, if you have not given us a rating or review on, on iTunes, that would be great. Last but not at least if you want to learn more about how to start your own join our pod rocket academy for free at podrocketacademy.com uh this is free <laughs> this is free uh so go ahead and do that so for Liv and sonia and everybody at choir and all of us here at proud mouth this is matt haller and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon thanks for listening to the top advisor marketing podcast brought to you by proud mouth if you want to know more about how you can be your own loud visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the pod rocket academy through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.